0: Hello
1: Yes
0: Hi, this is Gaurav, we spoke uh, in the morning Yes, yes, yes So I am sorry, I am poor with my memory, I forgot your name again No, no, it's okay
1: So it's Devya Samaheo
0: Ah, yeah, so basically you wanted to know, so I I have one, I have a T-cell lymphoma Okay Okay. So I'm not sure whether you are free right now or not, okay?
1: yeah no,
0: i I'm, we... I'm free you can i okay. can talk so, now. okay so basically uh so it's two thousand eighteen uh may when it, i was i was i had initial symptoms when I had a lumps coming up in my body so okay. in my chest I, in my lower half of my body i had some lumps which yeah. came up okay so while I was going through a workout. So uh, initially, I thought that just because I've been doing a workout, so there might be some lumps or fat lumps which might have cut up uh, unwontingly. So we went through FNAT, we went through doctors, we got through steroids, and we got through some antibiotics. So while while we were doing that, ultrasounds, antibiotics, and all those, okay, nothing came out, and all of a sudden, the fever came up. So while while the fever came up, so it continued over ten ten ten, fifteen days. So while uh, fever was not it, it was coming and going, so we got admitted, okay. So doctors were not sure why that is so we, doctors so doctors were doing all those tests, the tuberculosis, everything the test was going on. So while uh, the tuberculosis, everything they, they came negative, so it so it was came to they did a bone marrow. So I had a in between I had a one episode of uh, epilepsy. So while I was admitted into hospital, they gave me some steroids. I got discharged after five days.
1: So the what diagnosis?
0: What? It, it was nothing. They didn't they didn't diagnose at first stage. Okay. okay. So they said it's a normal thyroid. And uh, uh, they gave me some steroids and antibiotics, and the fever came down, okay. and they discharged me. Okay, okay. but uh, of but of lately the liver, uh, the there's a OTPT in liver, so the the liver thing came, uh, these symptoms of liver so they were not sure why the liver uh, it's in the type three liver or OTPT levels went up as So while uh, they were referred me to a liver guy, so they said it might be because I drink. So I was not a regular drinker or habitual drinker. I was a casual drinker. So, so they said, because probably you have been drinking. So I was trying to explain them that I don't drink. That's a casual drinking kind of a thing that I have been, but, uh, but they were not sure. So while uh, they referred me to uh, liver specialist, I had an episode of epilepsy, and they, got me into a emergency ICU. So there on the data bone marrow biopsy. So so they when they went through a biopsy, uh, it, there was nothing hemophobicis came up. So they said it's for not nothing. So it's he, so a hemophobicis. So we have to start some steroids on this. So the, they started some steroids and uh, with the with the help of that, that that the original the origin of uh, cancer got hidden, so that that steroid that, that was given for that was continued over two and a half months or three months, and uh, while they went through liver biopsy and everything because the liver the liver levels continued rapidly moved up, so while they were trying to establish that they did a liver biopsy, so they were they were not sure it's, they. They were they were unsure that it, it might be liver creases or something else, but nothing was coming on. So they just put me on a steroids, and uh, uh, it it got cured. It cured cured in the sense it it the origin the the disease got suppressed. Okay. Okay. Now after it's uh, after three four months, what happened? <clears throat> after four months, the the, the Fever again started. gaining up the weight suddenly moved up. All those all those things started. uh, It was like I had I I was having some uh, injuries, so I my body was moving down. So while I was trying to cope up, the body body was not giving up. So uh, in December 18, I I I I was I went to Ames. So the AIMS guy told me that in, in September or October, I went through for initial biopsy from my chest while the, they, gave, while they uh, took out the lump, but lump because a lump didn't give them many results. It general, they said it's a fat lump, nothing came out because of the steroids. While in December again, things went bad. So they again took out the lump. So the lump again cropped up. So they took out the lump again. And this time, uh, the, the results came up on, in January 19. This time they could find out it's T-cell lymphoma with HLH. So it was so, a real combi-
1: Sorry to interrupt, but may I know in which year this was?
0: It, it was in January 19, 7th oh. of January 2019. Okay. 2018, sorry. 7th of January 2018. So we are in 20, yeah. 7th of January 2018 it was finally diagnosed that it is T-cell lymphoma with HLH. So, so while doctors in Ames were not sure because it was a very real kind of a scenario that they had a combination of T-cell with HLH. So while uh, while they were trying to, because it was very difficult to get through Ames doctors and everything. So I had some notes and everything. So we were trying to fix up what to do next. So within a few days, uh, while uh, while we went to biopsy, bone marrow, to uh, to establish the staging. So, uh, the disease crop, uh, multiplied in a matter of hours. So, I, on 15th, I got admitted into Rajiv Gandhi Cancer Institute, where I was in a half awake situation and half... so, half Behushiwali uh, situation, okay? We are in on 16th. Immediately, uh, they put me into ICU, and I had it was a multi-organ failure on 16th morning, 17th morning. It was a multi, multi-organ failure, and there was an episode of uh, three cardiac arrest continuously. So while uh, while they declared me that it's that they can't do much in this because he is no more. So so they declared that so they performed. CPR and they they revived, so they revived and they put me in a ventilator immediately, and I was slipped into coma immediately after that. So it was it was it was it was a month and a half while I was in the ventilator and I was, and I was they were trying to they were just doing the basic functions because because nothing was there, so they were just trying to uh, revive me. So next a month and a half went up in reviving. So uh, this trichostomia and all those things were done. I this was being explained by to me by my wife. So while trichostomia and all those things, there were episodes of epilepsy, and I I so continuously coming up because there's a small lump which is there in our uh, right eye orbit. So I have a, a small lump in my orbit, right eye uh, orbit. So they had a doubt that this thing might have come up in the head also, but. Uh, Luckily, after a month and a half, uh, they they gave me a five percent of a chemo. And they started giving me a steroids, and after that, they gave me a five percent of chemo because okay. the doctor was of opinion that that let let us because he's because he's not going to survive. So anyhow, let us try and if if he manages to get five percent of chemo, then we have do have a chance and we we can buy a time. So I responded to that five percent of chemo therapy. And post that again, they gave me 50% of chemo. So that from 5 to 50%, I again survived. And all, there were some complexities and all those things. Then things went better on. So they gave me a six cycles of a chemotherapy after that. Okay. And so immediately after six cycles of chemotherapy, I the prognosis were good. Okay, I went on and recovered. The prognosis were good. But the chances of the reoccurrence was very high because because the kind it, it came back because it, it was very aggressive. So uh, it was they performed autologous bone marrow transplant immediately in August. They performed the seventh of August. They performed then August. Uh, they performed autologous transplant while they were doing transplant. I did discover pneumonia. So I had some symptoms of post-transplant. Finally didn't crop up too much. So post versus draft was not established by them, but pneumonia, yeah, pneumonia was there. So hundred and six fever. So again I I was I was on the verge of slipping into a coma and and they were on the verge of ventilator. But doctors were sure that if in the case they're gonna put me in a ventilator. After transplant that there's no chance to survive. So they were they were taking a risk of not putting me in a ventilator uh, immediately after transplant. And uh, their their risk again worked up, so it's Doctor Burani's and team. So they 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 did they did they did their job and uh, uh, transplant done uh, did well. So after after a month and a half, so there was an ulcer which cropped up in in the lower half of the body, and there was so there was many things which which we went while to, while we went through transplant, but. Everything went fine, and after after I think October and November, so I made a, a significant progress. So I start, started making a significant progress in the recovery. So January, I, it was the time when I or when I when I actually when they declared that it's that we don't have. There's no symptoms that we have. It's just a palliative care now that we have to have so there there was 100, 100 there were 150 days 120 to 150 days that they were uh, working. so till uh, till now it's been a, uh, it's second year i mean, to second year of transplant so we have gone through pet scans and everything so there are some symptoms that we have but that's that's what we have been so that's a brief and uh, short and long i don't know what it is but that's ha i have like passed to Two and a half years. Okay. So, if you want, I have a write-up. So, there's a case study that brief write-up they have, which they, they published in British Journal for their references. I can send you that also. So, if you want that.
1: Yes, sure. So. so- so what you do? And you did? Did you take any alternative treatment like ayurvedic or homopathic?
0: No, treatment? I didn't try that because I was, personally speaking, I got so many, so many of advice to get that. Me and my wife was very sure that we, uh, we gonna stick to that because uh, we won't try, I, uh, we won't try any alternative because, uh, in fact, I, I, the once or twice we tried uh, ayurvedic, but I didn't respond it or I had some mind block. That if I cannot try that, that won't respond that. So I I wanted to stick to one. So I stick, stick. I It was my mind that I didn't want it to deviate it. And I wanted to, I had a belief. So it was my belief that if I be, if I go into that, it will respond. So it was like, we were like a horse and we just went into the direction that was being shown. So I didn't move here and whether it's good or bad. So I it was my belief to go into one direction, not move into anything else
1: okay and what motivated you to keep going
0: i think my wife and my 10 year old son that's that's what motivated me there's nothing else a motivation behind it because uh, it's for me i I, i'm being too young it's been 34 at the stage when it was diagnosed i have a 10 year old son so so my son was only seven eight years so that was what so that was the only thing which which went in my mind so I did had a chance where, and I wanted to say that I wanted to move on and commit a suicide, and that's also all those of things came into mind. But at the end of the day, that was not a thing that I had. That choice was not there with me. So uh, ultimately, when you have a choice, when you decide, I don't have a choice. So I didn't had a choice. So I had to. For for me, for me, that was not an alternative because I I am being the only earning man in the in the family for me and my wife of a wife must get so that's so that's the only thing that I had that I had to come up out out of this. I had to survive. The first thing was to survive. The second thing that if I survive then I can I need to be dependent, self-dependent. So it it was a different stages that I went through. So the first and the foremost thing that uh, so the eight year old can't can't live without his water. That's that was what in my mind. Okay.
1: Any lifestyle changes you made during or after the treatment?
0: So I I I came out of an artificial world. <laughs> okay, that's great. I I I I, I was I'm very really straightforward and blunt. I want, I do what I want to, I don't care what people had to say to me. So we, I, I've been working for past uh, 15 years. I have been co banking investment and industry. So there's a lot of things which went, it goes up into that. But one thing I made sure I had, when, when I, when I started working up again, people didn't had a confidence in me that I can move up or not. Cause the whole world was like, he, he going to crash it further. So I, uh, the depression days, I went through a depression period uh, because my mother-in-law, while I My, my, uh, uh, my prognosis was good. My mother-in-law slipped into a cancer. She passed mm-hmm. away. So I had that period of difficulty in my life. But the only thing that I had, that if if uh, I can't, I can't give up. So that was not a choice. So I could have given up, but but I think the uh, but God didn't give me an option. So uh, if I had an option, that I, I then I should have given up. <laughs> so that's the only thing that I have Choice inita There was no more choice for me. <laughs> so I had to fight. <laughs> yes.
1: When you know, when a person gets diagnosed with cancer, at that very moment, life divides into two parts: life before cancer and after cancer. So how <laughs> your life has changed after cancer?
0: it's not me so before cancer i could walk i i i was me i could drink uh, it's not that I, I i used to enjoy myself so i don't restrict myself so we used to move out freely drink if i want to drink if i want to eat something if i want to if i want to interact with someone then post that there's something that I, you have a restriction i can't interact especially in today's scenario People have started taking precautions that uh, that I used to take after that the normal uh, normal social distancing mask and all those stuff. Uh, you have a sanitizer, you do hand wash. So I was maintaining that because after transplant the only thing that you have is infection from a third party or any other source. That's the only thing that you have to take care while you're getting that while you're getting cured. Okay, so while I was doing that, so it was very really difficult. People say that the, the other, others used to think that that he's too cautious, he, he's arrogant and all those stuff. But I don't know. But I believe that they should have understood that it was not being that I wanted to, but that was that was what is required and what the world is doing now. So that was what put me about. It's difficult to explain to people. So I thought that uh, let's stop explaining them and uh, the what is better for me, it's better for me. So it's there for me. Mm, true. Because for me, the ultimate goal was my son and my wife. So what that what really matters to me. So what people have to think they keep on thinking. Leave them behind and you move on. And moved on.
1: Yes. So any lessons you think that cancer gave you? Any life lessons?
0: You can't predict your life, huh? <laughs> lessons is that. You you can't be. It's a healthy. I honestly I was healthy. I I I never had fever. I I had certain things in my life that I wanted. I I moved up in my life very fast. My career very fast. I was managing a quite a piece. I had quite a goals, so everything went uh, came down. So when you are when you are when you are progressing, when you are moving fast, you had your aspirations, you had your goals, you have your life, you have your plans that abtansa liye dosa liye aklay dosa liye. So it it drained me out financially, mentally, physically, whatever you have. So it, it once whatever I earned in the last 12 years, it was completely drained out financially you get a drain out not mentally but that i so the positive which came out of me that i wanted to discover i i started thinking about myself i forgot about because i forgot what the stress is so i started so i thought that there there's some things that are not made for me so i so while i but when people say that you take uh, yoga, why why you meditate and all those things, that's all right. I haven't done that meditation. I haven't done yoga. I haven't done that. It's only that I thought in my mind that this is what I need to do and this is what I need. Okay. While while yoga and meditation might help, but it's more than the mind became. For me, it's 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 what you think, what you develop, what you think in your mind, and you. It's just you put your thoughts right. If you have your thoughts right, if you have things right, what what's gonna happen, is gonna happen. But you don't let your mind and thought go into a negative direction. The moment you gonna put into your negative direction, then of, of course cancer gonna kill you. Anyhow the cancer is will kill you sooner or later. But uh, giving a negative thought you will die sooner. So that's that's the only thing that I had let's let's stretch of yourself. The better the longer that you live the better you, it would be for you.
1: Yeah. So, any message you want to give to patients or caregivers?
0: You can't give up. For for me, for me, if I can, so I am So I told you what 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 was there for me. Okay, I had nothing. So the doctors declared me that. Okay, so they told me he can't. Okay, he can He he's not there. He can't make up. He's not there. He can't make up. I have three instances that I have. So you can't give up. So if you don't give up, it's not about you. it's about it's about people who have it's your caregivers, okay, So what matters is you and your caregiver. These two people matter matters a lot in your life, okay yeah. So if you have a caregiver who stands by you, who motivates you, and who actually who actually believes in you? Then actually, you get a booster in your uh, what whatever you're going going through. So ma, for me, my wife acted as a she was very really strong. So she she was like who never cried, who never who never who never uh, who never crashed. So she was the one who actually whom whom I actually got inspired that she's standing behind me. So when when I so that's quite foolish of me. So she was 33, I am 34. So I I asked her to leave me and get married, second marriage. Second man, so that was a stupid thought that I had in mind. So I can't, I don't you leave me, because for me it, it was a stage when I thought that I couldn't walk anymore. It might be a year or two years that I have leave me alone and you you forget me about this. But you have that care that that where the caregiver comes important huh? No? So if you couldn't, if she would have left me in a lurch, then probably I couldn't have been talking to you. Yeah. Okay. You thank you. Take care. Thank you. Yes, Bye. Thank you.
1: It was inspiring talking to you.
0: More power <laughs> to you. No, that's yes. that's all right. Thank you. Take care.
1: Thank you. Take care. Have Bye. a good day.